Welcome to the podcast of Christ Church in Town in Jacksonville, Florida. We are seeking the renewal of all things in Jesus Christ. Towards that end, we are committed to cultivating personal transformation in Christ, an uncommon fellowship of racially and economically diverse individuals, and the flourishing of our neighbors. To join our local body in membership or financial support, visit ChristChurchInTown.org. It is a privilege and an honor to be among the living. Amen? Yes, yes. Amen. God has been good to us. He's spared our lives, and he's allowed us to gather into this place one more time. And I count that to be a privilege and an honor. Amen. As Dave said, we will be pausing from Acts. And if you would go with me, uh, actually stand for the reading of God's word. Our reading is from um, 1 Peter chapter uh, 5, verses 1 through 7. So I exalt the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being an example to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that all at the proper time, He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties anxieties on him because he cares for you. This is the word of God. It is absolutely true and given to us in love. You may be seated. Last week in Acts um, chapter six, we see the start of the ministry of the diaconate. Here we see some of the same apostles, Peter now exalting the elders of the church and referring to himself as a fellow elder. Peter, an apostle, also considered himself an elder and a shepherd of the flock. I think it's when he says that he he exalts the elders among you. He was letting them know that there's some stuff. In chapter four, it talks about there's going to be a reckoning and it's going to happen in the house of God first. And so he he's pretty much saying, I'm one of y'all. So I'm not I'm not here talking about you. I'm not here pointing the finger at you, but I am in this with you. And so as I stand here to to talk on these few scriptures, these I want you to know I am with you. I am not here pointing the finger. I am not acting like I'm something that I'm not. I am with you. So what is an elder and what does an elder do? 
The word elder derives from a Greek word which means overseer. The elder overseer is one who leads the church and oversees the spiritual needs of the congregation. The shepherd, he, he shepherds the flock. He preaches and teaches the word of God. And today in this particular passage, we're going to see three things that Peter talks about in this particular passage. First, he talks about the, the elder's character. Then he talks about the elder's calling. And lastly, he talks about the elder's flock. So first, let's look at the elders, the character of an elder. If we was to go to First Timothy, we will see some of those qualifications of an elder. I'm going to read some. First Timothy chapter 3, I'm going to just read a few. It says, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, apt to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, nor a lover of money. He must manage his own house well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to rule, manage his own household, how will he be? How will he care for God's church? So as we listening to to these qualifications, husband of one wife, self-control, respectable, sober minded, apt to teach. Those are, are things that talks about the elder's character. He, he must be loyal to his wife. He must be uh, apt to teach. It, it talks about not so much apt to teach, but his character, his sober minded loyal to his wife. These are the things that are important when we begin to nominate our elders. Not so much gifts as it is character. Character is important when it comes to nominating elders, not his rank or achievement in the community, um, but rather that he has this experience with the gospel and he shares the hope. He shares in the hope of the gospel just like I share in the hope of the gospel. I believe in the gospel. The elder must believe in the gospel. The number one quality of an elder is that he has a living experience with Jesus, which others can look to as an example. Not, not looking at him as, as like he has it all, but as an example. Let's look at verse 3 in 1 Peter chapter 5. It says, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples of the flock. Being examples. It, is, it has been said that elders are gospel pace setters. Elders are gospel pace setters. They show the church how to live in power, in the power and the reality of the gospel. Elders are to be examples for us to follow, not because they're perfect, not because they got it all together. They are simply examples of what we should live to, how we should live. The elders provide 
Their example that the elders provide should be seasoned with uh, seasoned and motivated by love, not pride, not by force. Look at verse two. Verse two says this. The shepherd, shepherd, the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not by compulsion, but willingly as God would have you not for shameful gain, but eagerly. So as as an elder, when the church looks for an elder, we need to be looking for people who are not prideful, people who will treat and lead the flock of God as God would have them to treat and lead his people, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering. Listen, the one thing I can say is that we should be people that love each other. When we're motivated by love, we are kind to one another. We walk and talk like we should toward one another. We are being living examples of what God calls us to be. We don't have to be forceful. And I believe you can get more bees with honey than the other word. Okay, okay. So we, we have to not be domineering toward one another. And we have to... to Lead like God would lead. Be examples to the flock. And I think the key to when we are looking for individuals to nominate is humility. Humility is, it goes against what we've seen in worldly leadership. In worldly leadership, we see, we often see pride. We often see bullying. We often see domineering. We often see sometimes even hateful leadership, and it's unbiblical. So that's not what we're looking for. We're not looking for if someone's a good leader in the world. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for people that are leading, that they're, they're leading with love. They understand the gospel. They are repentive, and they know what grace, they, they've experienced grace, and they want to share grace with others. Is that good, y'all? We want people who are caring. We want people who, who, are, who understand that I have been forgiven. So I ought to share the same gospel that was shared with me with others. So humility is the key. They must be respectful, humble, repentive leaders. Leaders who have experienced grace know that grace is sufficient and leaders who know that we are only made perfect in our weakness. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? It is not when I, I know whenever I try to get myself together, I only make a bigger mess. Yeah, yeah. Anybody understand what I'm saying? That when you decide that you're going to fix this, I know exactly how to handle this. When I hear somebody say that, I automatically be like, uh-oh. I want to sit back and see and just see what color the wall going to be painted. What kind of mess? That's that's a color purple thing. So you got got to check out color purple. Whenever I go that I'm going to fix this, I know that I'm going to make a mistake. Listen to what it says. Elders are to be men of character, the husband of one wife, faithful to his wife. If he should be married, not drunkard, which means not controlled by alcohol, 
not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. Listen, you shouldn't be looking for somebody who always want to argue. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, you, you don't want that. When I was looking for a wife while I was, real, I was young when Sonia and I got married, we were young. We were about 19 years old. The one thing I did not want was a quarrelsome woman. I, I didn't want that. I didn't want that. And we ought not want that for elders. You know why? Because I don't think anything gets accomplished if all we do is go back and forth, if all we're doing is bickering. So when we're looking for people to nominate, we need to be looking for people who are not quarrelsome. Amen. Amen. I'm not talking about yes men, but I'm also talking about um, not talking about men who are quarrelsome. So we need to make sure that the people that we're nominating, elders, aren't people who are lovers of money. That's what scripture says. Not, not out there for the money. Listen, it ain't, listen, I don't think you get paid enough. So if it, it's for money, it, it, it's never, it's never, it should never be about money because there's never enough that you could be paid for what you do. Amen. So I, I'm, I'm drawing this. I'm, I'm hoping that I'm saying something that as we begin as people to look for who to nominate as elders, we, we are, we're looking for people that we keep these qualities in mind. We keep that in mind that character is important, that, that he's faithful to his wife, that he's, he's not going to be quarrelsome, and, and he's not a, a lover of money. These things are important. Character is important. This person has to be, these people have to be people that are devoted to Christ with a life of prayer and meditation. Um, he loves worship and has a deep, uh, personal relationship with the Lord. An elder is a man of character. We ought, to want, we ought to want people that are people of character. We ought to want praying leaders. Does that make sense? Yes. Praying leaders. So we know character is important. Let's talk about the calling of an elder. The calling of the elder. The work of the elder is shepherding and overseeing. What is shepherding? Shepherding and, and oversight. It is looking over the flock and care, looking beyond them in protection and directing them. John 10 tells us this. It shows us the work of the elder, the shepherd, the overseer. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them, doing it. That's because he's doing it for the wrong reason. He's not protecting the sheep. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. An elder, an overseer, a shepherd hangs in there when things get tough. We need men that won't run and when trouble arises, we need men that will stand boldly and pray and lead you and walk with you in trouble. You don't want somebody who's going to leave you. It's kind of like when if, if something happens in the house, in my house, and there's a strange noise, it's kind of like me saying, Sonia, go check that out. That's not going to work. If, if something's wrong, if something's going on and I say, honey, go see who out there. I'm trying to tell you that's not going to work. That's going to be a problem. 
They, listen, when something happens, I need to be the first one to pop to my feet. I need to be the one going to see what's happening. I need to know where the commotion is coming from. And that's what kind of elders we need, that when trouble comes, our elders will stand before us and they will lead us in prayer. They will direct us. They will guide us. We need these type of men. So when it's time to nominate, this is what we need to be looking for. Men of character, men who understand their calling, men that understand their call to lead, their call to oversee, their call to go before, their call to go make the path straight. They are called to lead the church in the right spiritual direction. Now, listen. I'm not saying that the elders are to be God for the flock because we can't be God for the flock because we fail, because we we fall short. But what I am saying is that the elder ought to be have the care and and concern of the church on his heart. The elder must be willing to suffer. The elder must mean means that sometimes while everybody else is out having fun on a Tuesday night, we'll be at church having session. That's what it means. It means that you're going to have to give up a little bit of your time to be able to do the work of the church. The elder goes ahead. The elder looks out for danger. He's ahead of the flock. The elder is the one who sees the unseen. So what I'm saying is that the elder needs to have vision. The elder needs to know What's going to happen? He needs to have some idea. He needs to be able to see what's not there. The elder needs vision. The elder need not be greedy or prideful. The elder needs to be a man of character. And the elder needs to know his calling. So I believe that while the church will nominate the elder needs to realize that this is a calling. This is a calling, not just because you're nominated. Just because you're nominated, you have to realize that the work of the Lord is a calling. And while you're nominated, it does not mean that you've been called. Hello? It's, it's a work. It's a work. It is not an easy work. It's not something, you know, when I, when I joined the fraternity, I got to put on a jacket and I get to walk around with my letters on. Listen, and I, I become the man. That ain't how it is in eldership. I'm, I, just, I just want us to know this is not a club. This is not where you come to hang out. God has given us a responsibility of leading the flock. And that must be the utmost concern of the elder is leading the flock of God. Amen? Amen. Leading the flock of God. So an elder must be a man of character. An elder must understand the calling, the work of an elder. And lastly, the flock. How, how, do, we, how do we respond as a flock, as a congregation to the elders. We, we respond with humility and submission. 
We choose men who have the type of character that we can trust and follow, even if we don't understand or agree with their particular choice. Hello? You're not always going to agree with a choice of the elders. Can I use the president as an example? I don't care who he is. He's not always going to make a decision that the people that voted for him can agree with. Is that true? Amen. It ought to be. It just, just because he's the president does not mean he's always going to make decisions that you like. There are going to be some things that you got to say, I don't agree with that. And it is, and it is okay. It is okay. We have to learn to trust those that we have prayed for, that we believe God has placed in this position. We have to pray for them. We have to continually pray for them that God will lead them, that God will cause them to make the right decision, that God will lead them down the right path. And as we are praying for them, we, we have to trust them. We have to believe that God is at work, even if we can't see it. We have to trust when they make decisions that we don't necessarily agree with. I want to repeat that one more time. We have to trust. We have to learn to trust our leaders. Listen, Hebrews 13 and 7 says this to the people. It says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to the authority because they keep watch over you as though as those who must give an account. Do this so that. Their work will be a joy and not a burden for they for that would be of no benefit to you if it was a burden. Listen, it, it is it is a work. Pray for these people. Submit to authority so that the work they do will be a joy. Listen, there are going to be times that you're going to need somebody to walk with you through trouble. There's going to be sometimes that you need somebody to call when things in your life, when life hits you, that you need somebody, you just sometimes need a voice. You just sometimes need a voice of someone who, who, who's a prayer, someone who will come and just pray with you. Listen, if, if, if you have not trusted leadership, it's hard to call on them in your trouble, in your times of trouble. If you have not just just submit it to them. It's hard to them. Folk, listen, I, I really believe. I really believe. I'm not talking about our church, but the church in general. We don't call on the elders of the church. We don't call on them because when we disagree with them, we discount them. And it's hard for us to call on them in our times of trouble. But we are called to submit to authority. We are called to pray for those that have rule over us, that are in leadership. We are called as a church to make sure that we're nominating people that we can trust and that we're willing to pray for these people. Simply put, y'all, don't, don't, don't make the job harder than it has to be. Hello? <laughs> don't make it harder than it is. It's already comes. It already got, there's already struggles. There's already problems that the church will face. There are already things that will happen. But as we look to nominate leaders, we need to look to nominate those leaders that we can trust. We need to be praying for them. We need to seek God on who we should nominate. It's our job to make their job easier. 
And sometimes, y'all, truth be told, we can be a little bit difficult. As a kid, my son, my son was a young boy. He was young. My oldest son, he, he had to be about 12 or 13. He came to me. He said, Daddy, is pastoring hard? I said, yes, sir. I said, yes, sir. I said, it has its moments. I said, it's rewarding, but it's also challenging. He said, Dad, I, 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 never, I, I never see you get upset. I've never seen you get frustrated. I say, son, because it's not right for the shepherd to bleed on his sheep. It's not right for the shepherd to bleed on the sheep. Sheep bite, guess what, y'all? And it hurts. <laughs> and it hurts. Don't be a sheep biter. Don't, don't be biting. <laughs> don't be biting the elders because it hurt. Amen? Amen? So listen to this, y'all. Verse 6 and 7 tells us, 6 says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he might exalt you, casting all your anxieties, anxieties on him because he cares for you. So guess what? Our hope is in Christ. Guess who the elder's hope is in? Yes. Yes, all of our hope is in him. All of our hope is in him. I don't have, I don't have a special place that I go to lay my head. Hey, listen, my hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in Jesus, y'all. And we ought to keep that in mind. The promise is sure. The promise is sure. He will never leave us or forsake us. No matter what we're faced with. I said this a couple of weeks ago. I don't care what happens in the world. I don't care what happens. It uh, looks like it's going to attack the church. It looks like the church is going to fail. The church will not fail. Yeah. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. I don't care what hell works up. I don't care what they throw against the church. The church will not, it will not fail. It will not fail. So we can rest in that. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what it looked like. He's the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. Our hope is in him. He ain't lost yet and he won't start with us. He is our hope. So as we begin to think about this, who to nominate, let's be prayerful. Let's be prayerful. Let's make sure these people are people of calling. Let's make sure that they understand people of character, that they understand the calling, and that we as people, that we understand that we have a responsibility as a flock to submit to those people. And if you're nominated, it is okay for you to take careful consideration to think about this. And if you say, you know what, this, this ain't for me, that is okay. That is okay. It is no problem to say, you know what, maybe not this time, maybe next time. That is okay. Sometimes we think, you know, if I'm nominated, I got to do this to, to, because people, have, people believe that I'm the right person. You need to pray Seek God to make sure that, that this is a calling and you're not just doing what the people want you to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can humbly come to you and ask you, God, to guide our hearts 
as we begin to nominate those who will serve in the office of deacon and elders. God, we're asking that we will nominate as you got. That God, we won't get caught up in our personal likes. We won't get caught up in what we want. But nothing will be more important than what you want. So Father, help us to nominate men of character, men who understand the calling, and help us as a flock to be submissive to the authority that you will establish. God, we thank you for the privilege of being able to come together, to be able to work together for your kingdom. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Christ Church in town, please visit our website at ChristChurchInTown.org.